is up, Pretty in the Paint family? This is your host, Miss Lady Sade, and I am back with another episode of the Pretty in the Paint podcast. Now, before you come for me, because I know I've been gone and I know that I'm not consistent with the podcast, life has been lifing and I've been lifing along with it. So many things in my personal life have changed and elevated me as a person that I needed to take a step back from the podcast and every other thing that was more so of a distraction so that I can get back on track to do a lot of amazing things in my own life. So I'm back. I'm here with you. And I really want to talk today about transitioning from a point of pain. Transitioning from a point of pain. So often in life, we hear about things that are quote unquote pain points for us. Um, And a lot of times we don't spend the time to evaluate how those pain points really affect us and who it's making us to become as a person. But I feel like the more that we look at pain as almost optional, right? Because there are certain things in our life that are painful that we cannot avoid, like the death of a family member, the loss of a child, um the change in relationship status. There are so many things that are painful that we can't avoid, but it's really how we choose to process the pain. And the reason why this actually came up in my thought process is I remember that there was a point in my life that I didn't enjoy pain necessarily. I had a very high threshold for pain, hence why I have a lot of tattoos Um, But then as I started getting older, it was kind of like, even when I would get my tattoos touched up and things like that, I would have a different experience with pain. And I'm at the point now in my life where I've went through so much and I've experienced so much pain in excess to where I don't even want to break a fingernail. Like, Whereas pain used to be relative and I used to be this person that had this strong threshold for pain, I feel like once I realized that the pain did have a purpose, but it didn't have to be permanent, I had a different perspective of pain. When I realized that I didn't have to be a martyr, when I realized that my physical body, my emotional body, my spiritual and mental body don't have to suffer I started to look at pain a lot differently. And then I also started to look at if I'm around people or in situations or anything that feels painful to me that I don't have to stay there because I have a new perspective of pain. Yes, pain can push you to different levels of life. Yes, different things like having a baby That's painful, but there's a blessing on the other side of the pain. There is always what seems to be a blessing on the other side of pain. But I also understand that you don't have to put yourself in harm's way in order to get to the blessing. Because my perspective of pain has changed. I'm at the point in my life where I don't have to go out and choose pain if pain happens Because it's not permanent, I understand it's just passing through, but I don't have to actively go out and seek out pain because I'm no longer in that version of my life. I'm no longer in that version of my healing journey. I'm no longer in those places of um, almost like 
assessing blame and not taking responsibility for my own, breaking my own heart in some circumstances, right? And it's so important to compartmentalize if we are in a space of our lives where we are constantly what seems to be sacrificing ourselves or putting ourselves in spaces of pain, why are we doing that? Why do we feel like we deserve that? Why are we doing things that are mutilating our body when it comes to like tattoos and piercings? Like, listen, I was the tattoo piercing queen. I've had everything pierced more than once. Um, And I feel like I was putting myself through torture. I was literally torturing myself. A part of me felt like I deserved that. And that's really an interesting take on pain. Because there was a point in time, someone saw, I went out one night, and someone saw all my tattoos, and he was like, oh, you like pain. I had to get to a certain point of pain to where I realized I didn't like pain. I don't like suffering. So many of us walk into situations that either we know are going to cause us pain or we're repeating the cycle of pain that someone may have lived prior to ourselves. And we don't understand, like, why am I like this? Why do I feel this pain? Why do I have to carry the burden of this pain? Why do I have to feel like pain is my badge of honor? But the one thing I can say about a badge of honor is once you've established that that was a badge of honor, you can receive the honor from it, but you don't have to continue to perpetuate the actions that got you there. Because at some point in time, we do understand that we have the right to choose. And I'm not talking about keeping babies. That's a whole nother level of responsibility that people should have upon themselves. To say, oh my God, I laid down and made a baby with somebody. Now I don't want to keep the baby. That's irresponsible. That's a whole nother vibration. And that's not what I'm talking about. That was a little side note. But when we keep choosing pain, we have to then ask ourselves, why am I choosing pain? Why am I choosing suffering for myself? Why am I choosing to sabotage myself? Like, at some point, pain is a choice. Not all the time. Like I said, there are certain circumstances that are out of our control. And the thing that's so crazy nowadays is that people act like they're so hard and they're so detached from life and emotionally medicating themselves with anything they can get their hands on that they don't even feel anything anymore or at least they act like they don't that's a trend it's a trend not to feel excuse me forgive me it's late but that's a trend like being emotionless feelingless people is a trend people don't understand that's a zombie when you don't feel anything, you're a zombie. You're not real. You cannot be a real person and say you don't feel anything. That's supposed to be like some kind of street code thing. Like, oh, I'm just hard and I don't feel. Baby, let me tell you something. You're on the wrong side of the street. I saw something the other day. Um, it's a rapper. I think his name is N.L. Chopper. N.L. Chopper. Chopper. And it was him 
And the girl, I think her name is Suki. Suki the goat, I think her name is, and another girl. And the girls were on all fours. They had their lace front wigs on. They were 40-something inches. And he had their hair. And he was holding them like they was dogs. And I looked at the picture because, like, you know, I'm at that end part of my um, journey where I'm like, you know, I had a little battle with, like, am I trying to be street? Am I trying to be an educated professional? Which we all know the answers to that because I want to be an educated professional, okay? And so I was in this weird space of trying to find, like, my true identity and, like, even kind of considering, like, what kind of partner I want and what kind of lifestyle I want to live. Like, do I want to live the lifestyle of we have to have X, Y, and Z in order to feel accomplished and established? Or can we have a great, wonderful life together that doesn't involve being out there, but we can just enjoy our lives? So... I'm looking at this imagery and I'm thinking about the fan base. Like I started to put myself in the shoes of like, what is the fan base of someone who would be attracted to a man holding two women by their hair with with 613 platinum blonde lace front wigs on, on their legs, on their hands and feet like they're dogs. And in in that moment, I, like, assess, like, that's not my demographic. That's not my portion. That's not who I want to be, nor is that who I want my son to be. Not ju- I'm not judging the young man. I'm talking about the actual depiction of what I saw and what world that is. And realizing that I don't have a place in that particular world, I'd be more than happy to talk to someone who's like, okay, you know, I don't want to whatever present in that manner anymore or whatever the case may be like that's not me judging them now critic would say oh yeah she's judging them um she's saying stuff about but in what world and there's a time and a place for everything i'm not i'm not gonna go into details like all right but even with that like i i feel like even when it comes to intimacy you know there's this whole rhetoric of like violent not even really violent but like highly aggressive intimate encounters and it's like but that's not really that doesn't have to be like that like intimacy was made to be love making and passionate it doesn't have to be aggressive and painful it doesn't have to be degrading it doesn't have to be humiliating it can be loving and still get the same effect so understanding and I had a friend of mine I wouldn't necessarily call this person a friend I would say an acquaintance like a pass-through person that kind of brought to my attention because I was always so self-sacrificing like oh this person needs this this person needs but self-sacrificing is a form of pain like you're giving so much of yourself in the hopes that someone will actually receive what you're providing. And then when they don't receive it, you're inflicting pain on yourself, especially when you know that person is not emotionally in a place to receive what you're giving them. And it's almost like a self-sabotage because it's like, well, oh man, I knew that my love wasn't good. I knew that 
it was something wrong with me. But it's it's like it's nothing wrong with you. It's nothing wrong with an individual who wants to help somebody else. But it is something wrong if you knowingly go into a situation knowing that this person is not going to be able to appreciate what you bring to the table and expect a different outcome. Like that is literally insanity to expect that person to be different or behave differently than what they presented themselves to be. Or thinking that you can change somebody. Like I, I had to really learn that. I'm in the point in my life, in a stage in my life where I'm like, I accept people for exactly who they are. Like Maya Angelou said it best, when people show you who they are, believe them. Believe them. And then in in the interim, like it comes a point in time where we have to say, I get to choose to stop inflicting pain on myself based on my perception of another person. That is actually a fallacy. It's not true. And then that's where that inner work comes in to say, who am I really? What do I truly bring to any given situation? What do I bring to the table? Now, I am not a proponent of saying I am the table because I will not equate my value to an inanimate object that is made for entertainment. Come on, I am the table. Why would I say that? People are supposed to sit at a table and gather around and enjoy themselves. So why would I want somebody to put something on my back? I'm not no table, but I'd be more than happy to sit pretty at yours or at my own. You feel me? Like, come on. I really want people to get this end-all, be-all mentality out of the, like, it's just dumb. In my opinion, it's dumb. In someone else's opinion, being an inanimate object could work for them. But that means that someone's going to sit down at you, pull up to you, enjoy themselves, and feast on you, and then they're going to dip. That's what it means to sit at a table. And then you go sit at another table. And then you get up and you go sit at another table. Like, you know how many tables you sit at in your lifetime? Why would I be the table? I want somebody to make it make sense. I'm not the table. That's a That is a... That in and of itself, when you think about that analogy. So you want somebody to come up to you, sit on you, have their fun, and get up and leave. Stop saying that you're the table. It doesn't make sense. I understand that. Processing pain, understanding pain, and using pain to inflict, excuse me, to evoke your power is probably one of the most beautiful processes ever. And it's almost like that analogy of like when you put your hand on the stove, there is pain there. But who puts their hand on the stove for fun? At some point in time, we have to realize and take accountability for ourselves, like... There's At some point in time when you keep doing things, there's no one else to blame except for the willing participant. I hear a lot of talk about like men and women in relationships. I, I don't think that we understand the importance of valuing relationships with the opposite gender, whether that is a platonic relationship or a romantic relationship, professional relationship. Like there are importances 
I, I really want women to work on saying they don't need a man. And even if you feel like you don't need one, you don't have to say it out loud because you're professing that to God and God will not send you nobody. You will be by yourself. I was talking to an older black lady the other day at work and she was saying like, I just, I'm so used to being alone. I just don't think I could be with nobody. Well, baby, you probably not going to be with nobody. As for me and me, me and my thought process and my way that I love and, and me understanding and getting a better understanding of what I want and what I need and actually sitting down and having that conversation with myself, I want a great relationship. I do not want to grow old by myself. And definitely don't want to grow old with somebody that's not meant for me. But the person that's meant for me, I want to grow old with that person. And we can take care of each other, grow together, have life experiences together. Like saying that you don't need a man is a, a statement that is deeply rooted in pain. And people don't like to hear that, but that is the truth. That statement is deeply rooted. Like people actually say that that's pick me. A woman who said that she need a man or want a man is a pick me. You damn right. Pick me. Because I'm a good choice. What woman out here being like, oh, I don't want to be chose by nobody. It's a, it's actually too many women sitting out here talking about they don't want to be chose with nobody, by nobody. And you haven't even gotten into your 40s and your 50s and your 60s and your 70s and your 80s and your 90s. Talking about you don't want no man. You don't need no man. Cutting people off before you even get a chance to know them. Once you get to know them, if you feel like they're not for you, leave them alone. But at the end of the day, isolating ourselves emotionally from romantic opportunities is 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 counterproductive. That doesn't mean you lay with every person that you meet. It doesn't mean you have a baby with every man you love. But at the end of the day, allow yourself to love somebody that really love you back. Don't waste all your don't waste all your life with men that see women as objects and dogs and bitches and hoes. Why would I want to build a family with somebody like that? You know, be calling me no hoe in front of my kids. You get mad. And not to say that all men that call women bitches and hoes do that, but it's like it's stupid. You don't respect yourself. You can't respect yourself if you out here calling women bitches and hoes and you got a mama and a grandmama. It's disrespectful. And at some point in time, somebody needs to hold someone accountable. That is disrespectful. It's disgusting, actually. But I feel like, again, as I'm in this stage of like differentiating myself and it's not for anyone else but myself right because I have to put myself into the human mind wants to categorize things it's just the nat- the nature of the human mind the-, the nature of the human mind is to understand something by putting it into a category if being you know something that is distasteful and below a standard and viewed a certain kind of way is my option or being well put together well spoken well educated putting in a little bit of extra work is what it takes now I have to be that person that puts in the extra work that person that works on themselves refines themselves a little further like because I really don't think that it takes a lot of effort to be a 
a girl on all four and with hair in a man hand. Like, it don't take a lot of effort to be that girl. It really doesn't. It takes no effort to be just out there. It really doesn't. Like, when you think about it, like, the women that's just out there, just kind of out there, um, whatever, kind of living life on a whim and stuff like that, it really don't take a lot of effort because you really don't have to think anything through. You just kind of do whatever you feel like you want to. It takes discipline to be a well-put-together woman. Like, that's one thing I've started to learn about this part of my journey. That takes discipline. It takes understanding that I don't have to put myself through pain in order to have a purpose. Like, once I've put myself through enough, which God will let you put yourself through enough, and then it will click in your mind, like, hold on now, hold on now, hold on now. Something is off with this equation because I'm hurting and that's not going to be my identity. My pain is not going to be my identity. My purpose is my identity. Yes, I've been through things as we all have. And realistically, we should go through things because that's where balance comes in, right? Because you can't appreciate the good if you didn't have the bad. And then not only that, you wouldn't know how to handle the bad if it never happened to you. You wouldn't know how to walk away from something that wasn't for you if you never experienced. Like, hold on, wait a minute. But at the same time, like I was telling the lady the other day that I was having a conversation with, you can't project every situation that you've been through onto your next situation. You can really, literally be scaring away the person that's for you. Really, you can't scare away the person that's for you because they're going to ride with you. But you could be possibly sabotaging an opportunity with that individual because you're thinking about your past so much. When you when you survive a situation or when you learn to thrive past a situation, not in it, because once you realize it's no good for you, you need to slide anyway. But once you get to a particular point in your personal development where you're like, hold on, this is painful. I don't want to keep my hand on the stove. I'm walking away now. Then I'm going to go and instead of putting my hand on the stove, I'm going to put a pot on the stove. Instead of putting my hand on the stove, I'm going to put water in the pot. Then I'm going to let it cook. Like You have a different use for what used to be a source of pain for you. Like, you become more resourceful. You understand what the true purpose of the thing that hurt you was or the thing that you allowed to cause you pain was because really it'd be, again, us in situations where we're choosing something that's familiar that's not for us. And that's not necessarily just relationships. That could be leaving one job, going to another job, and this job is the same thing. Because we didn't step outside of our comfort zone. We stepped in something that was comfortable because we understand that even if it comes with a certain amount of pain, it's something that we're familiar with, so we will accept it. But again, pain is not permanent. Your purpose is. Taking ourselves out of these mental, emotional loops of familiarity is what life is all about. That is what breaking generational curses look like because, again, the pain that you may be experiencing may not be your own. The downfall, that shortcoming that you're breaking off of your life might not be your own. That one thing that you're struggling with that needs to leave your life could be a result of this is a past life experience for somebody else. Like, I... 
I don't know if I've said this before in the episode, but I do feel like because we are reincarnations of our parents, even the persons before you and the persons before them, and like we are a reincarnation, so we are a different version of the same person with different DNA. So we still carry on that bloodline. Like we we know about this from for the people who have gone to church for years. But you can also flip it into a scientific reincarnation type of situation. It's reincarnation on a bloodline level. Because you can do certain things and you be like, dang, I'm acting like my mom. Dang, I'm acting like my dad. Yeah, because a part of you is a part of them. So it's getting really honest about that pain. And if that pain looks familiar, like, dang, you know, I see my parents experience something like this. And then actively knowing, like, first of all, this is going to help me identify with them a lot more and empathize with their situation more. But it's also going to help. Excuse me, y'all. But it's also going to help me say, okay, I don't want to do that. That doesn't work. That doesn't work for me, in my life, and what dreams and goals that I have. And I'm not living out my dreams to fulfill someone else's dreams. I'm living out my dreams to fulfill my own dreams. Because when I was born, I was still born with my own set of dreams, even though I had parents. So if the pain seems too familiar, it could be because of something in the bloodline. And at some point in time, we have to say, okay. I'm done being the victim. I'm done thinking everything is against me. I'm done thinking I don't deserve good things. I'm done thinking that I have to sacrifice myself in order to be loved. I'm done dealing with anything that makes me feel less than myself. I'm done with that. I'm done with it. Because I do deserve great things. I do have a purpose. I do deserve love but this time when I do all these things I'm not bringing the pain with me I'm understanding the pain better but I'm not looking for the pain I'm not asking for the pain I'm not expecting the pain I'm literally living in the flow of a good beautiful season in my life because I endure through the pain and because I push through the pain I don't have to actively go out and seek it anymore because I have a better understanding of it. And because I get to enjoy my life. I get to be alive. I get to smile. I get to, you know, go to work. I get to be with someone that loves me and I love them back. I get to have a family. I get to go to work, um, my businesses or whatever fulfills us does not have to be painful. Like, Getting the idea out of our mind. I love that quote online. I can't, I'm not going to quote it exactly, so I'm going to paraphrase where it's like, Black women deserve love that they don't have to suffer for first. And that goes for everyone because this is not just a Black woman thing. I feel like in some cases, Black men are addicted to suffering because it's what they're used to. I can't speak from the perspective of other races because, you know, I'm not another race, honestly. There's not nothing against no other race, but I can only speak from my level of understanding when it comes to that part of our culture. There's so many men that are hurting out here. 
And because the pain seems relative and the pain seems permanent, they continue to run towards things that bring them pain that are disguised as pleasure. So I really want to encourage my listeners tonight. I apologize too for yawning and stuff like that, y'all. This was just an impromptu episode. I posted something on Instagram that really inspired me to go ahead and post an episode. But the reality is at some point in time, once you realize that your pain was just a part of your process, but it doesn't have to be a staple in your life, you start to move different. Because pain can go from being relative to like an adopted cousin and I'm sorry not not saying like that like we know y'all know what I'm trying to say like it's something that it doesn't have to be permanent I shouldn't say adopted cousin that was kind of fucked up excuse me if you're if you're adopted cousin especially if you're adopted cousin that I love I love you not saying that like hey cousin anyways y'all know what I'm trying to say I'm getting tired too But just really think about how you've chosen to position pain in your life. And are you carrying around pain everywhere you go? Are you expecting pain? Are you expecting things to go wrong for you? Are you self-sabotaging? Are you being in a space of relentless hopelessness where you feel like, oh, it has to, uh, excuse me, learned helplessness, where you just feel like you have to suffer in order to feel alive? Because I'm here to tell you, I'm going to be the first one to tell you that you don't. You get to write your story every single day that you wake up. And pain doesn't have to be a part of your your plot twist. All right? Thank y'all so much for listening to the Pretty in the Pain podcast. This is your host, again, Miss Lady Sade. You see, I changed my voice up. Y'all like how I did that. Um, I want to thank y'all so much for listening, supporting the podcast, being here, new listeners. Even when I wasn't posting, I got new listeners. So I really appreciate that as well. But most importantly, and above all, I appreciate y'all for keeping it pretty in the paint. Peace.